What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Becoming a Better Man podcast. I'm your host, Jason Wright, physical therapist and just fellow dude trying to figure things out along the way in this this period of time that we have on Earth called life and um, trying to share some of the experience that I've I've learned along the way, um, lessons I've learned the hard way, lessons I've learned um, by mistake. Uh, lessons I've learned very intentionally um, and share that with you guys. So uh, I appreciate you all tuning in. If you are a regular listener, um, welcome back. Thank you. And uh, your support does not go unnoticed or unappreciated. So I uh, just want to let you know that is greatly appreciated and continues to support not just me and this podcast, but this mission of, of, men who are seeking to become better versions of themselves because the answers that they're looking for out there, right? Online, in movies, TV, um, what they're seeing around them in person is just not, not doing it, right? It's actually leading to more problems, more frustration, more confusion, more despair. Um, and it's not leading us closer to the men that we want to be, the men that we feel that we're called to be. So um, just wanted to to first, firstly, thank you all for that. Uh, if you're new, welcome. And I hope that some of my rambling up to this point has helped to maybe explain what this podcast is about. Um, it's come a long way since uh, I created it uh, initially in 2020, I believe. Um it, it was very much focused on a, uh, a broken man seeking to be made whole, but in doing so was very much looking internally, right? I was trying to find answers from myself for myself. Um, and it was very selfish in a lot of ways. Um, I had noble intentions, but it was very selfish in the way that I went about it and that, um, Right. I, I, I feel like I very much had an agenda in a way to try and almost appear that I had um, had things figured out and I didn't. And to be quite frank with you, I still don't. But um, I know I know something that does someone that does. And that's that's God. And that's his word. Um, it's all there. It's all complete. It's fleshed everything out that we need. And it's in it. Uh, right in itself, it it contains the answers that we're seeking, um, and and what you'll find along the way, in, over these three years, two and a half, three years that the podcast has been um, a thing, is that uh, I have have evolved, maybe, or I think grown. I think grown is a better word. I don't want to use evolved. Um, I think the the Lord has grown me in ways that that have shown me that it is none of my doing that I am where I am uh, in a in in the good ways, right? Um, that it is more so, if anything that I can give myself credit for, it is the the willful and even not so willful submission to him um, and and that is I feel what should be looked after, right? What should be modeled, what you guys should be looking to, 
incorporate, right? To close that gap between where you are now and where you'd like to be. So I, I never want to make the impression that I have it all figured out or that I'm, I'm, I'm at the finish line, right? That's why it's called becoming a better man, not how to become a better man, because it's an ongoing process. So pardon me while I drink a little bit of tea this early 5 a.m. morning. Trying to help get the get the voice woken up a little bit. So um, so first thing I want to start off this podcast and uh, and and go over something that I had had accidentally come across um, with a guy that I was actually uh, texting yesterday. <laughs> Uh, this article that he'd written online um, and it's called nine attributes of a real man. And it's by Vince Miller. I know you guys, if you're listening, you've, you've heard me reference Vince before. Um, I'm also going to put a link to his website and some of his materials in the description of this episode. So um, I hope that you guys go and, and check him out and in his mission, right. To kind of serve a men's ministry um, that I think more of us need, right? I, I think that um, trying to look to one resource for for answers uh, in the form of men is never a good idea, right? It's there should be a council that we that we seek, and and each member on that council should have their eyes and their mission fixated on God. And what his word teaches. And so um, Vince is one of those men that I think we need to have on our council. So um, let me just make a quick note to myself. And then I'm going to, I'm going to open us up with a prayer. I feel called to do that this morning. Uh, include link to Vince's site in show notes. Okay. All right. So, and also if you're new, you'll realize this is an unedited podcast. I do it uh, off the cuff. As I feel called to speak, it comes out. So um, I apologize a lot of times if I if I speak in circular um, phrases and sentences and circle back often and get derailed often. Um, I'm just kind of speak, speaking off the cuff. That's great. My dog's up. Um, so anyway, uh, I just want to start us off here. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for... Um, another opportunity to to speak to these men, to um, to be able to try and and speak life into them. And God, I just first and foremost, I want to pray that um, I'm able to do so in a way that has nothing to do with me, nothing to do with me, and it has all to do with you, um, Lord. I pray that I just get out of the way of your mission, and that I. I don't stumble and trip up and just cast a shadow over the the mission, the word, the message that you want to get out today. Um, Father, I pray for each of these men that are listening here, no matter where they're at in their lives and their walks with you, whether they are extremely distant and don't know you or God, whether they're walking closely with you. Um, I just pray that you continue to to work in each of their hearts that um, that God, they are able to to seek you in that space that feels um, lost, confused, misled by the world. Um, 
unsure of the direction they're to go. Lord, I, I pray that they seek your counsel and your wisdom and how, how to fill that void. And God, I just pray all these things for these men, no matter what they're going through, no matter where they're at right now, um, that, that you lift them up and, and speak life into them, not just through this message that they hear today. Um, but each and every day, Lord. And, uh, I just pray that they seek to become better men to serve you and to serve your creation and to help grow your kingdom. And it's in your son, Jesus name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. So I want to talk about this article uh, and I'm essentially just going to be reading it. Right. So I, I take no credit for the content of this message today. Um, I want to give uh, uh, credit to Vince as I read this. So, um, so here it goes. Okay. So Vince writes, as a man who has been fatherless almost all my life, I've found that defining masculinity is deceptively difficult. I didn't have someone around to demonstrate true and healthy manhood. My father's absence has been a source of grief and regret, but this sense of longing has driven me to God for answers, fulfillment, and sonship. He is my one faithful father, my heavenly one. Finding a clear and precise definition of masculinity is especially difficult if we turn to the world rather than to the Bible. Just consider for a moment what we learn about masculinity from our society. It generally doesn't take long for a boy to encounter an erotic image, explicit story, or grossly inappropriate joke. Even if his parents successfully shield him from inappropriate content on television and online, his friends might pass along what they've seen and heard. A boy's understanding of sexuality is often distorted from an early age, and that distorted view of sex deeply impacts a boy's view of manhood. Meanwhile, the entertainment industry offers us one flawed depiction of manhood after another, glorifying the womanizing activities of James Bond, the stoic toughness and emotional distance of Jason Bourne, and the obsession for greed, power, and control of Gordon Gecko. As we get older, we are sold a bill of goods by drug companies who suggest that if we have male performance dysfunctions, that we have lost our masculinity and we need a cure that only they can provide to get it back. How do we understand what masculinity is and when it appears so convoluted everywhere that we look? Ultimately and completely, masculinity is defined by the God who makes men. We need a better definition of masculinity. And who better to define what masculinity is than the creator himself? When God created life, he reached down to touch and mold man from the earth. With care and intimacy, he created man in a distinct way. Ultimately, we learn that God is embedding his own image into man. The Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. That's in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. In the surrounding verses of Genesis 2, we watch as God defines the purpose of this soul man prior to the creation of woman. The purpose of his work, expanse of his authority, parameters of his obedience, and even the swelling of desire for a wife. Masculinity finds its definition in God alone, not the world, not culture, not the workplace. Ultimately and completely, masculinity is defined by the God who makes men. But the plot thickens. In the reading, the grand story of God in the Bible, 
the searching for ideal representations of men among the kings, priests, prophets, warriors, and leaders we meet, we sense that something is never quite right. Sin has damaged the reflection of ideal masculinity. One biblical hero after another is shown to be wounded, broken, flawed, prone to disobedience, and even to outright wickedness. And yet within the same men, we see small glimpses of masculine glory, undeterred faith, unwavering conviction, humble service and sacrifice. But again, only glimpses until God himself breaks into time and space again to give us the model man. His son, Jesus, is the perfect divine depiction of manhood. He defines true masculinity. In looking at the life of Jesus, we find countless attributes and commitments that show us how to live as a man faithful to the Father's call. If you are a man looking for true masculinity, consider whether these nine commitments, among many others, would make a significant impact on your masculinity if applied actively in your role as a leader, employee, husband, father, and son. Jesus is the perfect divine depiction of manhood. He defines true masculinity. So, so first, a man commits to following a greater authority. Jesus said, follow me. But the man said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 9, verse 59 through 62. Secondly. He commits to sacrifice all else in the shadow of discipleship. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. By the way, it doesn't mean hate as in actually hate them. Um, Jesus very much in several references in the Bible talks about the importance of of loving others especially family honoring their wife um you know how to how to lead and, and raise your children right it's not about actually hating them what it is is it's a a way to try and teach the importance of the distance between the um maybe the not the scaffolding but maybe even the the pedestal, right. That we to place discipleship to God and to Jesus over everything else, even things on this earth. Right. So I, I hope that that helps clear that up. Um, okay. So thirdly, he commits to determine joyful obedience. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. John chapter 6, verses 66 through 69. Fourthly, the godly man, the real man, commits to a spiritual discipline. Rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. 
Fifth, he commits to abide in the word of truth. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word and are truly my disciples, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Sixth, he commits to growth and production, especially spiritual fruit. But this, my Father, is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. John chapter 15, verse 8. Seventh, he commits to carry out God's mission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. Eighth, he commits to love others faithfully. A new commandment, a, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. And then lastly, number nine, he commits to brotherhood and community. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25. So guys, I, I hope that, that this article has been helpful in understanding uh, maybe a little bit more example of, of what a real man is, right? So um, I know, I know a lot of you guys are coming here looking for ways to try and save your relationship, right? Um because I have some things about me that are getting in the way of my relationship with my girlfriend or my wife or um, whatever it might be, right? That it's causing so much trouble and I can't seem to get out of my own way that I'm going to lose them. Or maybe I've already lost them and I want to try to get them back. Um, I'm here to tell you guys that... Um, Take comfort in the process of growth. And I know <laughs> the, the very selfish parts of us want to try to keep what we're losing, want to get back what we've lost. But I promise you, whatever you feel like you're losing, whatever you feel like you've lost, it pales in comparison to having lost a relationship with Jesus, with our God, right? Is once we focus on improving that relationship, finding that relationship, re-finding that relationship that no other relationship whether we've we've lost it or, or in the process of losing it or whatever, seem like such an important thing anymore, okay? And that knowing that God will place into your life the exact situation, the exact person, the exact people that you need to be around that will help build you up and fulfill your purpose as a man. That's the best consolation I can give you right now. And, and I know that that seems 
lofty and it seems maybe like some sort of ideal situation that is not reality, but I'm telling you, it will be your reality if you submit, right? Submit to what the Bible says. And, and don't just take my word for it. Don't just take Vince's word for it. Look it up for yourselves. Look it up. Ask more questions. Seek more understanding. Um, God will reveal to you the answers in time. One last thing I want to leave us with before we go is, you know, I was, I was watching this movie. And so essentially it's about this, um, this, this character who was so anti God was so anti faith, right. That he wanted everyone else to be miserable, just like him, right. To take glory in his own, his own being, right. As if, as if he was his own God. And it breaks down at the end of the plot, essentially saying that he wants turn to God in this time of losing his mother, right? His mother, who was so devout in her faith and walked very closely to God. She was I think, dying of cancer, right? Um, and his, his beef with God that he had was that he prayed and begged and pleaded and bargained with God that if he saved his mother, that he would do whatever he wanted. Right? He would live for him. He would be the most devout Christian ever. And yet she still died, right? She still passed away. And so that was his argument against God, that God is not real and that he doesn't care and that we're here alone, right? And, and it, in a way, there's a, there's a part of me in the past that could see that, right? I could see when I didn't understand what the truth was, I would understand that, right? That made sense. But when you, when you dig deeper, right? When you, when you ask God to reveal to me what I need to understand, right? Show me the truth, right? When you, when you ask him for those things, for the wisdom and the discernment to make sense of it, you learn that right, God answers all prayers. Might not be on time, might not be in the way that we want, but he answers them in time, not on time, all the time, okay? So this, this young boy, when he was a young boy, his desire to keep his mother, right? That's a that's a very painful thing, right? We, we were never promised a life without pain on this earth, but it was the selfishness of, of we can bargain with God, right? And it even says in the Bible, we are not to bargain with God. Uh, that's not a game that we play and, and he won't play it. Right. Um, or like we treat him like a vending machine. It's like, dear God, I need help with this. Beep dispenses the prayer, right? No, that essentially what happens is that we get what we're supposed to get, right? 
we don't get what we deserve because if we get what we deserved, it'd be eternal damnation in hell. Um, but we get what we need. And it's about faith. It's about walking in faith. And it's about enduring in faith. And that just because you're not getting what you want right now, just understand this, that maybe that's not for you. Maybe there's something bigger for you. There's something different for you. That you're not in the place where you're supposed to be right now. Well, I take that back. You're exactly where you're supposed to be right now, but you're not in the place where you're supposed to stay. So God is answering your prayers. He never stops. He's always there. Whether you feel him there or not, he's always there. And he wants to be close to you, but he's not going to force you into it. Right? So this is a closing message unrelated to the original uh, topic of the podcast, but I, I just feel compelled to say this is it. He's there, right? He's there with you right now as you're driving to work, as you're listening while you get ready, as you're working out on a run, listening to this right now, he's there with you. He wants to be close to you. He's not going to force you to love him. He's not going to force you to do right by him. Because then in doing so, where is the love? Right? Where is the where is the love? Otherwise, we're just held captive puppets. Right? There's no free will. And oftentimes the 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 topic is, and you even hear it from Joe Rogan, right? Like, how can a how can a God create so much evil, so much war, so much suffering? And men, I'm I'm here to explain the difference. Is it is not that he creates it and it's not that he inflicts it but it's that he allows it and he allows it only because if he didn't allow it there would be no free will he would not be allowed to choose if you want to follow him or not if you want to do good or bad that freedom to choose that free will. He already knows what we're going to do, right? He already knows what you're going to do. He already knows the day, the hour, and the time that you're going to take your last breath. He's, he's seen it all plays out. He knows how it's going to go. But he also knows what choices you're going to make along the way. So he allows it to happen. He does not create it to happen to us. Most, most all the evil, I, will, I won't say most all the evil in this world, in your life, in your suffering, your pain is at the hands of men, right? It's at the hands of men who have been influenced by powers and principalities and, and evil spirit, right? It's not of this world. It's not of men. It's not of nation to nation. It's of the powers and principalities, right? That, that we don't see, 
fallen angels, right? Creations that wanted to be like God. The Satan, right? He thought himself to be the most glorious of all the angels, wanted to be like God, saw himself to be equal to God. And in doing so, he was cast down to earth. He held no place in heaven anymore. He couldn't be in his presence anymore, right? And because God created man, God created us, because he, he sought closeness and connection. So he created us to have that. And Satan got jealous. Right? He, evil and pain and suffering is a doing by the devil. And in our own flawed, broken hearts, right? We are inherently sinful. Thank you. Thankful to the fall of Adam and Eve. So, because the devil hates us so much, because Satan hates us so much, right? This this temptation, this life of sin, and and just fun, and no no thoughts or consequences to our actions right now. If we feels good, do it. Right. Do what you want. Right. Isn't that his motto, their motto? Um, that creates separation from God. And if you're separated from God, then he wants, he gets what he wants. Right. Because he hates God. He is so mad at God for punishing him and then for creating us. Right. Because he wanted to be like God, he wanted to be God's greatest creation. most beloved creation. And then he made us. And when he made us, right, the evil that that dwelt in the in the hearts of of the Satan and the fallen angels that are like him. It drove them to want to ruin and defile God's creation in us, right? So by destroying us, he is trying to hurt God. And that is a, is much of a plain man's view as I can provide <laughs> based on my understanding. Okay. Um, again, Seek the Bible, seek the word, seek out the truth. Um, but but that's maybe maybe a, that's a, a more helpful way for you to understand kind of the difference of maybe what you've thought and what might be more accurate based on scripture and the story of the Bible. And, and ultimately, just understand this. The story of the Bible is all in a way to explain what ultimately happened with Jesus who lived, died, and forgave us of our sins. 
right? All of that that took place over thousands of years essentially comes to that, comes down to that story and that those four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel. All right. So guys, I hope that this episode has been helpful to at least one of you out there. Um, if so, if you don't already, um, right, subscribe to the podcast, right? Um, you can follow it on Spotify or you can subscribe to it on Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, Google podcasts, where most places where you listen, that's where this podcast can be found. So um, like, follow, subscribe, share it out with your friends, help spread this message. Um, we need more men. We need more men, right? More real men, not these passive, weak men who are just willing to sit back and let <laughs> let more evil spread, right? From generation to generation, right? Um, men who don't stand for anything, so they fall for everything, right? We've got to stop that. So help spread the word. It's greatly appreciated. And until next week, we'll see you all later. <laughs>